Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Yet. Good evening, everyone. It is March fourth, nineteen forty-three. We are at the Coconut Grove at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Bob Hope has been presiding over the evening. Good old Bob Hope. Bob A. I can't believe it. I suppose uh, you guys are wondering what the big. I guess we'll go ahead and open the envelope. We yeah, should, we should, the we envelope, should. please. Drum roll. And the winner is Mrs. Miniver. Wow. I was freestyling there a little bit. <laughs> I didn't know. I liked it. It was a good give and take. That was yeah. good. I feel like you you had like the essence of Bob Hope in you. It was great. You I, over. I am <laughs> often referred to as the gay liberal Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> what more could you want? That's the only title I want in my life. So we're back, everybody. Sam is here. Rance is here, too. <laughs> nice to be with you all again. We were referring to ourselves in the third person. <laughs> we just kind of Just so you're not confused. I honestly do it accidentally. It just happens, and I don't know why. It's a, it's a habit. I know. It, it's because we're really full of ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's just my narcissism coming out. Yes. What are we talking about? It's, it's 1942. The movies oh of 1942. Oh, my God. The movies of 1942. Um, we're in the war now. We are officially in World War yes. II. Yes, this we are. is uh, the last ceremony. I think believe we talked about a little bit. Um, the war had just started, uh, but the movies, obviously, of 1941 were not made when America was in the war. This time around, we have a bunch of movies that are made with the war very much in mind. Like so many, mm-hmm. so many. But it's it's uh, important to note that Hollywood. <laughs> really became a part of the war effort. All the actors, yes. the studio moguls, they all wanted to do whatever they could to assist with uh, the war. And that included, you know, making propaganda films for the war, mm-hmm. making documentaries flying across the seas. Uh, in fact, the director of this movie, William Wyler, he is one of them who, you know, went over to England and actually made films uh, about what the English people were experiencing yeah. during World War II. Oh, um, incidentally, though, he went there after he made Mrs. Miniver <laughs> uh, and um, got a whole new experience of what World War II was like after he completed this film. Yes, Mrs. Miniver will be fun to talk about. Um, uh, Winston Churchill, of course, the prime minister mm-hmm. uh, of England during the war, loved Mrs. Miniver and once said that it did more for the war effort than... than uh, literally anything. <laughs> literally anything else. Um, so this is a very... Putting this movie in context and talking about it is going to be very interesting. Absolutely. It's um, a humongously popular film. Let's uh, talk a little bit. Both the Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress winners are from this movie, so mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we'll talk about them when we're talking about the movie. For sure. Okay. Um, but we'll, we can go ahead and we can break down some of the other winners and look at those Best Actress nominees, as I know we like to do. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, we got James Cagney. Um, he won his, uh, only Best Actor Academy Award, not for playing a gangster. Literally the opposite. <laughs> it is, it is so silly to me that James Cagney won, a, uh, his Oscar for the movie Yankee Doodle Dandy, where he plays George M. Cohen. Yes, uh, biopic. Yeah. Oh, and, man. And he's a... James Cagney, like, was a vaudevillian song and dance man. So oh, this yeah. is what he wanted to do. And it comes out in this film. It, it, it really is amazing. This, this, his performance is remarkable in this movie. I love this movie a lot. I saw it a long time ago in college yeah. uh, during some film class. 
And I remember being very taken aback by how good he is in the performance. He is singing, he is dancing, Great. all of it is just fantastic. And I will say too, um, Slam uh, dunk. what's his name? Walter Houston, who plays his dad in this movie, is mm -hmm. especially effective in this role. Uh, this is it, not what Walter Houston won it is his not supporting what, actor Oscar for, correct. but he did but win he, one. But he certainly could have. It was He's a really good... Uh, he does a good, great job in this movie. Uh, my only problem with Yankee Doodle Dandy is it does come across a little too overly sentimental patriotic at some times, where it's kind of like shoving it in your face. Like... But again, 1942 <laughs> exactly. completely makes sense that it happened. Yes, it does. I will say one of my, I think one of the best, most iconic, wonderful moments in film ever is toward the end of the movie when he, uh, when he, has met the president, <laughs> yes. and then he walks down the stairs, and he just improvises a little tap dance on the yes. way down the stairs. That's like mm -hmm. one of the best. That's like like one of those iconic movie moments. It is really really great. Yes, you know? uh, totally deserved. Obviously, James Cagney needs an Academy Award, and mm -hmm. I love that this is the movie he won it for. It's kind of another example too, an earlier example of um, somebody going against their type in mm -hmm. a movie and being rewarded for it. Yeah. Because he was, you know, strictly in all those gangster Which films happens before this. all the time. All the time. You Ginger see Rogers a, a couple of years ago. There you go. That. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was very playing against his own type and uh, it paid off for him. Yes. Um, of course, Mrs. Miniver is the big winner for this year. So if you look through the categories, you're going to see the word Mrs. Miniver there <laughs> a few everywhere. times. Um, Literally everywhere. Uh, Woman of the Year also won Best Original Screenplay. That's one of the... Um, that's the first, the first, the first, I should say, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy movie. And, and uh, what a legacy they created from this film. And Catherine Hepburn was nominated for yes, Woman of the Year. Um, it's a, I've seen it. I've seen most of it. I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. Actually. I have not seen it. It's, I mean, I've seen several of their films together. Uh -huh. um, and it's just, it's a romantic comedy. It's... Um, the, the one thing about a lot of these is that um, she'll have this career for most of the movie, and at the end of the movie, she's going to be a housewife again. I know. That is kind of the weird turnaround of movies of this time period. It's like where Catherine mm -hmm. Hepburn very strongly embodied that um, kind of like upper class, East Coast, working woman, doesn't need mm -hmm. no man type of a situation. And then when she gets paired with Spencer Tracy, they fall in love and she does, as you say, kind of leave her career behind and just follows him. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Um, I don't... I think this one kind of like is not as bad about that. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I don't remember exactly what the ending is, so I don't want to speak to it. But it, I do remember like a few moments at least throughout the movie where I was like a little cringy, like, okay, there's there's some male-female tropes that have changed. Right. Yeah. What is great about this is we're really seeing Catherine Hepburn solidify her on-screen uh, persona. This is, this is uh, taking, like, Philadelphia story. Absolutely. And, and I, would like, I would like to say this. I believe in our episode, our 1940 <coughs> episode, I spoke very poorly of the Philadelphia story, and I've rewatched it since then. And I must say, upon repeat viewing, it's pretty good. It was, it was much more delightful for me this time. I need to watch it again. Maybe I, I with age. Exactly. I think that's what did it for me. And I will say, I was, I think, trying to pay more attention to it. Uh, and Jimmy Stewart is hilarious. How do you feel about his Oscar right now? 
I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Just, At least it's a good performance. It is good. And he, he is so funny. When he's playing drunk in that movie, he is hilarious. So I take back what I said. The Philadelphia story is really, really great. Uh, and it does deserve the hype that it gives. It is a very sophisticated comedic film. And maybe when I watched it earlier, I wasn't mm-hmm. ready for that kind of sophistication in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to appreciate it this time. Well, Woman of the Year definitely expands upon the kind of image she was creating. Absolutely. In Philadelphia's story. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, like Tracy's grown up and gone and become a... What is she? She's like a, a writer, isn't she? She's a... Uh, a newspaper writer? Yes. Uh, she is... Um, uh, da, 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 she... Cause he, international Affairs Correspondent. So she's a, a, cor- a writer who's... Yes. And he writes for the sports section. He's a sports yes. section. And that's how they oh, yes. know each other. There's also... Um, I always... Um, so I have this... Uh, maybe I brought this up before. I don't remember. I have like this like thing for In Memoriams. And, um, dark and fucked up, but I love it. <laughs> like, I like a good, a well edited in memoriam that tugs at the heartstrings. Totally. Like, I love a cheesy. <laughs> chooses the right clips. Well, <laughs> um, the like, one of the gold, TCM does one at the end of the new, every year that's like gold standard style. Mm. And the 2003 one, which is on YouTube, uses I Will Remember You by Sarah. Oh um, my goodness. Um, Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, I had Barella stuck in my head. <laughs> that would a also different be Sarah. wonderful, but sure. Yes. Um, and uh, Gregory Peck and her died the same year, so they start with Gregory Peck, and then they show Catherine Hepburn at the very, very end, and uh, they use a line from this movie, because um, they don't usually, they don't use a lot of dialogue throughout, it, but they use her line, she says to Spencer Tracy, I was kind of hoping you'd kiss me goodbye. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And wow, I'm that is like, very fitting in memoriam tribute. Wow. I know, and I like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the tears started flowing. And then yeah. Um, well, anyway. she didn't win, so <laughs> she uh, she did not win. Uh, we got some other nominees. I've actually I've seen all of the best actress nominees movies, which I'm very excited Get it. about. I saw a screening of my sister Eileen with Rosalind oh. Russell. And let me tell you, that movie is a hot mess. <laughs> I do not agree with this nomination at all. <laughs> I trust your judgment. I have not seen it. No, it was remade as a musical oh, in the fifties. That's the musical's actually better. It has Betty Garrett playing the Russell role, and Janet Lee plays her sister Eileen. Nice. Um, and so I prefer that to the strange movie Rosalind Russell's in. <laughs> and I love Rosalind Russell. I do not like this movie. Um, Teresa Wright uh, has a double nomination. Yes. She wins for Best Supporting Actress yes. uh, for Mrs. Miniver, but she was nominated uh, for The Pride of the Yankees. The Pride of the Yankees is uh, one of the classic sports movies. Absolutely. And Which it, uh, Gary Cooper received a lead actor nomination for. He's he's really good in it. Teresa Wright is very is good. very good as well, but uh, this is more of a, I think, a thanks for the nomination. It's interesting to note that um, Teresa Wright was nominated for her first three films. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because she was nominated the year before this Little for the Foxes. Little, Little Foxes. Yeah, yeah, and these two this year as well. Uh, yeah, Hollywood loved her, but she is like the epitome of young, innocent, sweet uh, girl next door. I what she did not get nominated for, but she is really, really good in. Shadow of a Doubt. Is what she makes right after this. Mm, Shadow of a Doubt. Say, I was wondering if you were going to go there. Yeah, Shadow of a Doubt. That yeah. movie's great. And she's Shadow, great in it. 
She is. Teresa, it's like it takes her persona and then like flips it on its head a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. The whole movie does that too with yeah. what's his face too? Joseph Cotton. Uh, Joseph Cotton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant movie. I love that movie. That is a great movie. Um, she's also in a movie we'll get to in a few years. Uh, Mm-hmm. Best years. Which I think she should have won her Oscar for, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of everyone in that movie deserves an Oscar, but we'll yes. get to that movie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, 100%. So finally, we have one of the quintessential Betty Davis performances. Oh, yes. This is the last time, uh, this is the last of five in a row. Five in a row. For her. Um, now Voyager. Great movie. Which now Voyager is, is like the the quintessential romantic drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... It's been repeated so many times. It's so good. Yeah. And her performance in it is... It's amazing. It's, it's, it's one of her great. It's... Yeah. I really love the movie. Uh, she's stunning in it. It's it's so fun. I love it when, like, old Hollywood does movies where it's like, let's take this actress, make her look as ugly as possible, then give her that makeover transformation Ugh. scene, and then watch her come into her own. Like, it is... That I mean, she has like a unibrow in the beginning. Yeah, it's <laughs> her bushy eyebrows. She has oh, and shut her glasses. Heaven forbid anybody wear glasses. It makes her it's so ugly. <laughs> and she's and she's quote unquote fat. Oh my gosh, she, yeah, it's ridiculous. The first like twenty minutes of the movie are it's hilarious. But anyway, she's so good in the movie. Um, uh, love love now Voyager. And then. Uh, uh, I will say the the shot. Speaking of iconic moments, the mm. shot where she comes back from her boat trip or whatever, mm-hmm. and it starts on her feet. It's the first time you see her. Yes, uh, transformation starts on her heels and yep. goes up to her face, and she has a huge hat on. She looks up. It's, it's like it's kind of like so many people became gay the second they watched. Oh that. yeah, I want to be here. It's it's very similar to like Kate Winslet in Titanic, her mm-hmm. opening shot where it pans up her I'm body. I'm sure that, that she has the big hat. I mean, boat. It's like so many similar. Do you think James here. Cameron was? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Was James stealing? Cameron stole a little bit there. Not yeah, I want to accuse him of being a thief, but <laughs> they're a little similar. Sorry, Ilya Caldwell. <laughs> uh, that was a you don't that you people don't know who she is, but she loves James Cameron <laughs> and Titanic. She loves Titanic. Um, okay, so let's go through these Best Picture nominees. Let's do it. I know about a couple of these, not all of them. Uh, we got Forty Ninth Parallel. Uh, no idea what that is. I don't either. I know who Michael Powell is, though. Michael Powell is uh, Powell and Pressburger. They were. Um, I don't think Pressburger's on this one, but they were a um, a uh, team for years, and Powell was involved in a lot of really great British films, uh, especially using Technicolor effectively. Um, he did uh, the movie The Red Shoes, which is right. his most famous, and also Black Narcissus, yes. which is a really great movie. Which I still need to see. Yes. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. There we go. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't I don't think it's nominated for any major Academy Awards, so I don't know what you'll get from that, but you know. But you know. I love me some Deborah Carr. Oh, Duke. I love <laughs> some Deborah Carr. Um, what else we got here? We got King's Row, which King's I have seen. Row. Uh... I want... To take a moment Ooh. to describe to you the plot of King's Row. Please do. I've never seen it. There is a street uh-huh. 
um, on the Warner Brothers backlot called King's Row. Uh, because it was used for filming. The Midwestern set was used for filming. There's a little offshoot of houses off of the Midwest set at Warner Brothers. Those houses are called King's Row. Okay. Oh. Um, and they actually tore down the house a couple of years ago that was one of the main houses in King's Row. Uh, the reason the street was called King's Row, it's super annoying, um, that they tore down. But, um, but most of the street is still intact. And... Uh, so I would describe this story to guests because no one's ever actually seen this movie, but it was, um, it stars Robert Cummings, um, beat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and Sheridan, who was like a big contract star for them at the time. And, uh, Ronald Reagan. What a treat. So. (laughs) Claude Rains is in it. Oh, thank God. Claude Rains has a daughter, uh, played by someone else, who um, Robert Cummings is in love with, but she's kind of cray, and her father doesn't let her do anything because of something that happened with her mother, and she's also cray. He knows that she's cray. He knows that she's falling in love with this guy, and that that would be really bad. So... There's a murder suicide of him and his daughter that happens in like the first 30 minutes. Holy cow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then the movie just puts that aside. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to this. And like time passes by. Robert Becomings becomes like a doctor or something. And there's this whole subplot that has to do with Ronald Reagan falling in love with some girl that Charles Coburn is the father of, but he he's a doctor too. And he doesn't like Ronald Reagan and he doesn't want her him him to marry her daughter. So when Ronald Reagan is in an accident, he amputates his legs but didn't have to. He just does it. What? Out of spite. When Ronald Reagan's in an accident. Yes. And then Ronald wakes up, sees that he doesn't have any legs, and says, where's the rest of me? Uh, And that's the title of his autobiography. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. That sounds bonkers. It is such a strange movie, but so much happens in it. Oh my gosh. Amputations, I'm like murder, suicides. If it gets like any other nominations. It also it has really a didn't. score that very obviously influenced John Williams with Star Wars. Ooh. Uh. Oh. Wow, yeah, that is very similar. You're not wrong. Yes. Okay. Very fanfare, March-like. Yeah, you're very right. Yes. Wow, also, does not fit that movie at all. No. It's such a strange film. I can't How even tell bizarre. you. How bizarre. Okay, Magnificent Ambersons. Okay, so this is, uh, yeah, this is Orson Welles' second movie. Cut up to death. For RKO. And what a tragedy. Yeah, it was sliced and diced to pieces. Uh, what are they? They cut out like 40 minutes of his... Uh, the film that he put together when he was gone. They just took it and they just cut the shit out of it and then released it like a double bill on like some crappy horror film. Mm-hmm. Didn't give it any kind of love that it deserved. 
Uh, I like Magnificent Ambersons. I I still got nominated. It though. still did, and I do. I don't mind the edited version uh, simply because it's under two hours. It's and like Agnes, an hour and a half, actually. Agnes Moorhead's still in it, and Agnes Moorhead is absolutely phenomenal in uh, this movie. I yeah, I do like this movie a lot. Is it's she really good? She, you bet she she's nominated. nominated. Okay, about to say probably should have won. We'll get that. In <clears throat> Can we'll I just say that Agnes Moorhead is like my favorite character actress. Oh, she's divine. She is so good in everything. Everything. And you know her like I feel like a lot of us at least of my generation who watched Nick at Night knew her because she was on Bewitched. Right. Um and then you discover that she's like you no know, she's like in all these movies mm-hmm. and she's so good in all of them but she's always just like randomly in films. Yes. She's oh. she's a girl that you would call upon to do anything. It's like oh, we have this weird part. Who could we who could we get? Get Agnes Moorhead. She'll she'll do it. And she's so good in this movie. She's hysterical, not in a comedic way, in like a frightening way in this movie. She's so unhinged. Um, I love it. It's such a good character study. Uh, Pied Piper, I don't know about. Don't know. Sounds creepy. Uh, but Monty Woolley was nominated for it. Oh, yes. Good old Monty. Roddy McDowell's in it. Do you like me some Roddy McDowell? <laughs> yes. So. Fresh off of, wait, yes. Fresh, fresh off, off of. Um, Al- Green Husband Green was my valley. Look at him. Look at him work. Pride the Yankees uh, is a really great baseball movie, yes. I will say. And I'm not a sports person, but it's a really mm-hmm. great movie. And like a tearjerker. It like, is uh... sad. It also has the speech at the end, which is basically the same speech that the real Lou Gehrig gave. Mm-hmm. Um, you, today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Yes. Lots of iconic lines around here. Um, Random Harvest, I have not seen, but I know about. Mm -hmm. It's an amnesia movie. Yes. I know that. And it probably is where Greer Garson would have gotten her nomination had she not been nominated for Mrs. Miniver. Right. And that's all I got. And I, okay, here's something that I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot. There's a lot of amnesia films that are going to come out of this World War II era of making. Isn't that wild? That is interesting. Yes, it's a lot. And a lot of it is like um, soldiers coming back with amnesia. They don't remember their wife. They fall in love with somebody else. And then they come together in the end. That's a very, like, uh, familiar plot that starts happening in huh. these movies. No, that makes complete sense, though. Yeah, right? Those are so... Like, once again, the war... Well, the war... I've seen the talk of the town, mm. and the war is, like... A, a, I mean, like, the plot is tied up in the war. Let me... Let me give you... Um, let me... I'm going to the Internet Movie Database. Ooh, IMDb. Have you... I think you mean IMDb. Are you familiar with IMDb? I'm very familiar. Um, if you don't have the app, I recommend the app. <laughs> Do download, tis free. Um, it's an escaped prisoner and a stuffy law professor vie for the hand of a spirited school teacher. And it's a very, like, um, it's a movie that has a lot, uh, it's, like, funny, but it also has all these, like, heavy, uh, moralistic, um, points, uh, that very much figure into a feeling of patriotism mm, sure um and it has Cary Grant and Ron Coleman and Gene Arthur who is uh, amazing divine uh so her. you probably would like it um Wake Island I don't know anything about nope me either um I'm looking at the poster and it is a war movie <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah that's the thing like, a lot of these movies even if they weren't Robert Preston 
Hey. Sorry, Robert Preston, I didn't know, made a movie. That's what I was just thinking. Until Music Man. Right. I am... Baffled. Baffled and interested. <laughs> it's also directed by John Farrow, better known as the father... Of Mia. Of Mia. Of Mia Thermopolis. And Mia husband Farrow. of Maureen O'Sullivan. Oh, okay. Who... Is in a bunch of movies, notably The Thin Man. Right. Uh, and was Jane. Austin. No. No. <laughs> Air. Of Tarzan and. <laughs> of Tarzan and Jane. And then they made a Mia, along with a bunch of other kids. They have, lots. They have lots of... Mia has lots of siblings, yes. in addition to having lots of children. Oh, boy. Anyway, including one... Controversial topic. <laughs> yes, but she does have one very attractive child who is on... Uh, CNN, right? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Ronan? Ronan. Is it CNN? Well, uh... Yes? That sounds right. I mean, I, he did the whole... He, I mean, he's he a, broke... He's a research, like, investigator, reporter. Um, and he broke, uh... Yes, the Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Kiss. Uh... CNN sounds right. I mean, he... He's a reporter, though. Yeah, he's great. He's, and he's, he's very pretty. And, um... And I'm very pretty because, I mean, word has it that Frank Frank Sinatra is his dad. (laughs) Um, And that covers the Best Director nominees. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that also, we've covered uh, the Actor and Actress nominees by talking about these, too. We sure have. So um, I think uh, if there isn't any other note you want to say about this year, I mean, uh, I guess looking through these other winners, uh, White Christmas won Best Original Song. Which is so funny. Um, What's Uh, his face? Um... Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin presented the Oscar to himself. <laughs> oh, he did? Yes, he did. Oh, that's really funny. Isn't that hilarious? Um, <laughs> Only at the Academy Awards would you ever present an award to yourself. I mean... I love that. You know... I love that for him. Uh, Charles Boyer won an honorary Oscar this year for his progressive cultural achievement in establishing the French Research Foundation in Los Angeles wow. as a source of reference for the Hollywood motion picture industry. Wow. Noel Coward won for his outstanding production achievement in which we serve, which I mean is, you know, um, right. another war movie. Exactly. Um, yes. And MGM won a special award for representing the American way of life. This was the first year of was we, it or was it last year? Nope, last year. We didn't talk about that. Though. We didn't talk about that. But like documentary has now become an established category, uh, and a, what I kind of love about it too is uh, one of the big reasons was. Uh, all these people were going off to the war effort and they were making these documentaries about the war. In fact, the winner this year was the Battle of Midway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they wanted to kind of give these documentaries more prestige so they yeah. added it as a category in the Academy Awards so they could get the notoriety <coughs> from winning an Oscar and make documentaries a bigger thing. So I guess we can kind of thank World War II for popularizing documentaries <laughs> at least in the competitive race like the oscars thanks world war Two. thank you world war Two. um you've given us so much you, and you know you gave us mrs miniver <laughs> winner of six academy awards you know what Here's <laughs> crazy thing i it, mrs miniver it just feels to me like it won more than six uh probably because it was nominated for absolutely everything this is the first movie to win or to receive five acting nominations uh, Which yes. is a big deal. A BFD. Which, in addition to the two that won, Teresa Wright and Greer Carson, 
Um, <clears throat> Dame Mae Whitty was also nominated for supporting actress. She does play a big part in the movie. She does. Uh, we also got uh, a best actor nomination for Walter Pigeon. Yep. And then Henry Travers was nominated for supporting actor. Um, also has a fun little part in the movie. Yes. Um, uh, it's interesting. I feel like, um, I feel like the two were, that one were probably the only ones who needed to be nominated out of that. Yeah, so here's... Yes. Because um, yeah. I yes. feel like Walter Pigeon is so secondary, too. It is so bizarre to me. Yeah. So, like, okay, uh, when it comes to Best Picture, even, like, in reading and hearing about these movies, there was no other film that was going to beat Mrs. Miniver. It, it, no other movie stood a chance. It really was, like, the Titanic of this year. Mm-hmm. Though it didn't sweep the Oscars, mm-hmm. It there was no question that Mrs. Miniver was going to lose. Not only was it the most nominated film, it was also the most popular film of 1942, uh, gross, I think it was the highest movie, grossing movie to date. No, no, no. Go with the wind beats out. But of the year, it was the highest grossing film. It made so much money. Um, and it's a good movie to boot. But you're it right. Is. It's interesting because I think that in different years, you could look and you would, like, I don't know. I feel like Pride of the Yankees is the classic out of these out of these uh, nominees or Yankee Doodle Dandy. Right, the big musical. The big, yeah. the big musical and... Um, and uh, certainly Magnuson Ambersons has the whole Wells connection. Yes. But, like, I think the thing about Mrs. Miniver, and you can't separate Mrs. Miniver from Win It One, um, it is a good movie. It's a solidly made film. It has a really great lead performance. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where, Greg Rarson, this is her Oscar. I think that it's really fair that she won for this. It's very fitting that she wins for this movie. Absolutely. I feel like it encapsulates who she was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, it's just such, it is a movie that what people on the home front needed. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I find it funny. I was... What uh, is it about? I don't know if we... Well, it's about a middle class, um, middle class, middle class a Canada middle class, apparently uh, English Maybe family. Upper class. Yes, uh, right on the brink of World War Two, mm-hmm. um, coming to England, and we watch this family go through uh, the early days of the war, yeah. having her son go off. Uh, to battle, uh, he becomes a fighter pilot. Right after he falls in love and gets married. Yes, exactly, with Teresa yes. Wright. Uh, they also see the father, played by Walter Pigeon, uh, takes his boat and he goes to help at Dunkirk. So all these big things uh, in these you know, first uh, few months to a year of World War II, they do get uh, showcased in this movie. And you, you, you see them struggle, you see them regain hope. Mm-hmm. It's basically just, it was a movie kind of designed to show what the British people were experiencing over in England that hadn't quite reached America yet. Yes, because this goes through uh, the Blitz, um, where uh, they were bombing, mm-hmm. uh, the bombing that would happen uh, periodically in England, where the residents had to just go down to their little bomb shelter yep. and pretend like nothing was happening. Definitely. And it was like a daily thing that these people were putting up with. Yeah. You know, it, it, um, and, and it's terrifying. On. It's terrifying. And it is directed by William Wyler, who I think we've talked about quite a bit now, but definitely Worship. one of our favorite directors. This yes. is his first Oscar for Best Director. And his first uh, Best Picture winning film. And interestingly, best film. all three of his Best Director nomin- n- winner. All three of his best director wins are also 
Best Picture wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny, though. When he talks about this movie, he was kind of embarrassed by it when it came out because, as I mentioned earlier, after the film was completed and uh, it premiered in uh, America, which mm-hmm. he got a high acclaim, he then went over to England to assist with the war effort, and then when he got there and he actually saw what was going on, he felt so embarrassed because he felt like Mrs. Miniver was way too tame. But when the movie did finally come to England, yeah. uh, while he was there, everyone loved it because they just wanted to see their struggles shown on screen and have somebody to root for. You know, it did yeah. inspire hope back in them. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it's interesting because it does show, it is episodic and it shows everyday life going on. They have this big flower uh, contest with... Uh, and I think that must be the part he's embarrassed about. I will say, the whole flower subplot thing, it's, it's a little hokey for me. It is pretty hokey. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like, it. it's life going on. Yes. Um, and, and then these awful things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a deserter at one point in the movie who yes. comes to the Miniver's home. Yes. Uh, who is a Nazi deserter and and uh, that is a very tense yeah scene. It's great because he like barges into her and it's just him and Mrs. Miniver and you know Greg Arson and he is demanding food. He's I mean he's pointing a gun at her the entire time and she's yeah. just trying to you see her calculating trying to figure out a way to you know calm this guy down so he doesn't shoot her and he, she can figure out a way to detain him. Yeah. Which she does because she is. I mean, she's, she's a, a tough she chick. She is a badass. She is. She's I a love tough me chick some, in this movie. I'm really a big fan of Greer Garson, I me think. Me too. And I will say, I really I do enjoy Walter Pidgeon in this movie as well. Probably more of a supporting performance. But I feel like in a movie like this, with when there's such a centralized main character like Greer Garson, yeah. everybody feels kind of secondary. Uh, and that includes his role. But he is kind of just that silent. Strong force. I mean, he's all. He's a good. He's good. Yes, it's, it's not. And good. he's also kind of a comedic relief in that, like, he will say things just to kind of lighten the mood. You yes. can tell. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, I guess who his character is. He is that loving, doting, doting husband. But the thing is, like, I also feel like, you know, Greer Garson was usually like she made a lot of movies with Walter Pigeon, I guess, because they have that great dynamic. Yeah. But. Um, I feel like, particularly in this movie, she's like she's just kind of a force of nature, mm-hmm. and it's built that way. But the woman takes that, and yes. she she makes this her, her this is her movie. Oh yeah, you know, and and you're right. Everybody else is just kind of there in the Greer Garson story. Definitely, they're all just kind of playing second fiddle. Um, um, I will say, I feel like Henry Travers nomination is a little confusing to me, mm-hmm. um, simply because he really isn't in the movie a whole lot. He isn't. He isn't. Barely at all. I feel like he got swept up with all the other nominations. Definitely. Like, it's like there was a wave of goodwill. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Especially, like, in the end where his flower ends up winning this competition, he doesn't even get a chance to, like, have a big, like, a huge thank you speech. You know what I mean? The speech goes to uh, Mae Witty, who also gets a nomination, but it just he just seems cheated out of... Her nomination makes a lot more sense. Hers makes more sense. Yes, yeah. it does. Uh, 
his is yeah very confusing but again that's just might be just me hating on this whole flower contest thing <laughs> i just don't like that jane may but he has a lot beyond the flowers to do because yes. she because uh, she is the disapproving grandmother yes about uh her granddaughter played by Teresa wright marrying um mrs miniver's son mrs miniver's son who coincidentally will become Mr. Greer Garson. Mm-hmm. Richard Nay. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yes. She was dating him during this movie, and she's nine years older than him. And Playing he plays his... her son. And they got married. Sure. So sweet. And I this mean, was his sure. first movie. So, you don't feel that Teresa Wright should have won for this movie? I don't. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you why. Um, she's sweet and cute in this movie, but it's... Essentially a very similar performance to that of Little Foxes. Mm-hmm. She's a bit more grown up in this movie, so I like the progression that's going on. But I have to give this award to um, Agnes Moorhead. Have to. She's phenomenal in Ambersons. And I think that Teresa Wright has a better performance in The Best Years of Our Lives. I think they utilize her persona better in that film. Mm-hmm. Where, But it's also, in well, my opinion, a lot as well... She yeah, has a lot to do in that movie. A too. lot more to do. Yeah. And it's a more interesting character because, you know, it's all the soldiers returning back and we see how that's impacting her in the present. Yeah. And that to me is better than seeing, you know, the the doting the the doting new wife of a soldier and trying to, you know, make it through. And it's just not as exciting. But again, it seems less exciting just because she's always with Greer Garson, who is way more um, compelling in this movie. Yes. And Teresa Wright's a much quieter uh, presence. She is very good in The Pride of the Yankees as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like a lot of this... uh, I feel like this win was a lot of the... um, Kind of like how... You know, Holly Hunter was nominated for two in the same year. And Jessica Lange was nominated for two in the same year. And Faye Bainter was nominated. Like a lot of times, supporting they always win, except for Holly Hunter. Except Holly Hunter, you're right. Um, Yeah, it'll always be one or the other. They always win for something, and I feel like this is this was a large. This is like you got three nominations for your first three movies. Here's your Oscar. She was riding a high on success. Yeah, and I certainly don't want to take away an Oscar from her because I do like her. It's just you're you're right. I, Agnes Moorhead probably is the winner in this category. For sure. And I feel like Agnes Moorhead... Uh, also, Gladys Cooper and now Voiture as um, <laughs> as Betty Davis's mom is a delight. Also a scene stealer. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, I just feel like Agnes Moorhead kind of got shit on with this nomination because it came from an Orson Welles picture and yeah. the Academy just doesn't like him. Yeah. No. Uh, to be fair, like he was also kind of nasty to them. Like It just was a, a toxic relationship between... Orson Welles and the Academy. And, and that may have like just Agnes been Moorhead. like, yeah. Agnes Moorhead's the, you know, Teresa Wright was like the, the, you know, the, um, the sweetheart, you know. The pretty new ingenue. The new, pretty new ingenue. Agnes Moorhead was, I, I, like this fresh out of the gate supporting actress and they, they didn't realize all that was going to happen with her. For sure. It's a shame because Agnes Moorhead doesn't end up winning an Oscar and I feel I like her career deserves one. And this is where it so. should have happened for me. I think this is, but then again, yeah, it's like Let's, looking back, had we known. We may end up having this conversation. We'll have this conversation again when she gets more nominations. So. We will. We sure will. I mean, like, I've been okay with her winning for Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. I don't know. Oh, man, because that movie definitely needs Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was nominated. Oh, 100%. Um, anyway, so Mrs. Miniver, um, 
I I would say I I don't know if I rank it among my favorite Best Picture winners, um, but I do think it is a deserving winner, mm-hmm. particularly because of the cultural climate of the time. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, it's a clear... It's a time capsule. Yeah, clearly this was going to win. I will say, too, something interesting of note as well. This is only one of two Best Picture winners that gets nominations in all four action categories. What's the other one? That's a good question. I'm trying to think of it right now. I'm trying <laughs> I to thought think. you were ready for that. I, no, no, no. I was yeah. reading. I was like, I'm trying to think. Uh, best Picture winner that gets... Let's see if we can figure this out. In all four categories. In all four categories. It had to have one Best Picture as well. There's somebody yelling at us right now. I know. They're just like like shouting at the screen. It's this. It's this. I'm trying to think of the movies that have received. Network didn't win Best Picture. Streetcar didn't win Best Picture. Um, Silver Uh, Lines Playbook did not win Best Picture. It did not win Best Picture. Um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf did not win Best Picture. Oh, but it should have. We'll get there. Um, Oh, gosh. uh, Oh, come on, come on, come on. And I'm, I'm like just... Going God, Father didn't have Best Actress. Nope. Um, Nor did Part Two. Uh, All About Eve didn't have support. Didn't have lead, lead actor. actor. Um, uh, oh my goodness! Here to Eternity. From here to Eternity. Yes. Had, yes. That's it. That's it. Had Best That's Actress, it. Best Supporting Actor, be, it won Best Supporting. It got it. Yes. Yes. Another war film <laughs> about World War Two. <laughs> We'll get there. It's only fitting. Yes. Oh, we found it. Thank God. Now I can sleep. Somebody tonight. is really happy with himself <laughs> over here. <laughs> we got there. Oh, uh, gee. Interesting, right? The only one of two. So what else do we have to say about Mrs. Miniver here? Anything uh, else that you want to add? I did read that Norma Shearer was originally offered the part of Mrs. Miniver, but she turned it down because she did not want to play a mother. Uh, Norma Shearer basically retired in the early 40s. Yeah. Um, after uh, being Mrs. Um, Irving Thalberg, and then he passed away, and then she continued her career for a couple years, um, and uh, she ended up retiring and, you know, living many years very happily in retirement, I guess, but she also discovered... Did I talk about this when we covered her? How she discovered Janet Lee? Yes, I think you did. Yes, I do remember the story. Yes. Um, But, uh, yeah, that would have been... Also appropriate casting, but also it's. I'm glad it didn't happen. Cause I agree. This is Greer Garson, and you needed a British person in this role. Definitely, and that's where it's like this movie really belongs to Greer Garson and the war effort, which is why in 1942 mm-hmm. it just makes perfect sense. I mean, somebody else one. could have done the accent, but it wouldn't have been the same. You yes, need a, it's like you need a British Bond. You needed a British Mrs. Miniver. Yes, she feels very authentic in the role. Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, no, I love it. It's a, it's a really good movie. I highly recommend yep. it. And it'll tell you a lot about 1942. It sure will. What do we got next time? Oh. Next time we have a movie that isn't just the best picture of 1943. <laughs> it might be the best picture. It might be the best picture. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. We'll be talking about Casablanca. Casablanca. Uh, which I have seen many times. I have seen it quite a few times. Many times. It is one of my favorite movies. Um... So I'm really getting unbored. Let's dissect it. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. So come back next week and we'll talk about Casablanca. See ya.